0: Indeed. Alleluia. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee, and worthily magnify thy holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ saith, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, And with all thy soul and with all thy mind this is the first and great commandment and the second is like unto it thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets lord have mercy upon us christ have mercy upon us lord have mercy upon us with you and with thy spirit. Let us pray. Almighty God, who through thine only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, has overcome death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life, grant that we who celebrate with joy the day of the Lord's resurrection may be raised from the death of sin by thy life-giving Spirit through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the same spirit ever, one God, world without end. Amen.
1: A reading from the epistle of St. Paul to the Colossians. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. The word of the Lord.
2: In Christ alone my hope is found
1: Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her.
3: has caused all holy scriptures to be written for our hearing. Be with us now to sanctify unto us the truths that shall be derived from them. Be with us especially to enlighten our minds by thy Holy Spirit, and by the mighty working of thy power bring into the way of truth all such as have erred and are deceived. Be pleased also, O Lord, to strengthen such as do stand, and comfort and help the weak-hearted, and raise them up that fall and finally to beat down Satan under all our feet. All this we humbly ask in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Happy Easter. Uh, Delighted to be able to share in the ministry of God's Word with you today, uh, albeit uh, from afar. And I'll admit, the only parallel experience that I can think of Uh, that is remotely close to what I'm experiencing right now is when I was a little boy and we would be home for the summer and the days would sort of run into one another. And I have a feeling that you too have said, what day of the week is it? And forget calendar dates, uh, knowing what uh, number date uh, it is. And we're all sort of living in a haze right now and we're not sure what's going on, and everything seems to be discombobulated. And yet, uh, here the truth is, and it still remains, that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And so we gather together to hear the story of the resurrection, but more to ask the question, what difference does the resurrection make in your life? What difference does the resurrection make to you? Now Most people that I interact with in Birmingham, Alabama, don't doubt that it happened. But if they're honest, they really can't say whether it makes an impact on their life or not. It's a historical fact for them, and yet has no influence over how they live their lives, much less who they are. Jesus' resurrection from the dead for them is a trivial matter, and it may in fact be a trivial matter for you. You may say, well, of course I believe Jesus was raised from the dead, but if I'm honest, I really can't say how much of an impact that has on my life. Well, Paul writes to the Colossians, about the impact that the resurrection from the dead that Jesus Christ makes on the lives of those who put their trust in him. And he's writing to the Colossians in the midst of a heresy that is broken forth in that church. And gallons of ink have been uh, spilled uh, over what this heresy might be, and we can't exactly pinpoint it, but we do know that it's a Christian heresy. And that's a funny way of putting it, but there is a difference between heresies that come up amongst Christians and heresies that are imported from outside of God's church. So, for instance, the Mormons or the Jehovah's Witnesses that come and knock on your door, they would be espousing a non-Christian heresy to you. But here we have people who are declaring Jesus Christ as Lord, who claim to follow the God of the Scriptures and yet have come up with a misunderstanding of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. It's a Christian heresy. And this heresy is that they believe that, yes, you need to believe in Jesus, but there are other things that must be added to your life if you really want to be super spiritual. If you really want to be religious, these are the things that you will do. It's Christianity Plus, And they're not really just reverting back to Judaism, but they're taking some of the practices of Judaism and beginning to incorporate them in the Christian church in such a way that if you don't follow them, people will think that you're less of a Christian. These rituals and observances serve to show that you really are a spiritual person. Now, this is not reverting back to Judaism it's more likely due to the fact that Christianity in this day wanted to be culturally acceptable. It wanted to fit in. It, it wanted to be appealing to the masses. It didn't want to stand apart. It didn't want to seem altogether different. But these practices that they've adopted, that they've added to Christianity, faith in Jesus Christ, are not neutral but Paul says they're dangerous. In fact, there are many practices in the life of the church that I one time thought were simply adiaphora, a matter of indifference, a matter of opinion. But upon reading God's Word and even spending time in Colossians over the past few weeks, I can see the danger in them. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, I do believe we slander Christ when we think that we are to draw the people by something else but the preaching of Christ crucified. This is exactly what the Colossians were doing. They were trumping up the Christian faith and adding layers upon it, and in the process were slandering the Lord Jesus himself. And even though this happened 2,000 years ago, the principle remains for modern Christian heresies as well. I think it's a great benefit, actually, that Paul doesn't go into specifics as to what this heresy is. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God has seen fit to leave it open enough so that it does speak to us today. And so we see that there are modern Christian heresies, like liberalism, an attempt to make Christianity more palatable, palatable to modern people, by downplaying the truths of Christianity, that it might be more culturally acceptable. Or on the other end of the spectrum are Pentecostal brothers and sisters who believe that you can only know that you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit if you speak in tongues. Both of these things are dangerous departures from God's Word. They slander Christ because they attempt to overshadow Him. In a sense, they've created religion, and that is exactly what Paul is criticizing here. He's actually criticizing religion, if you can believe it. The word religion only shows up seven times in the entirety of the Bible, and six out of the seven, it's used negatively. Only once is it used positively in James' epistle where he talks about true religion, caring for widows and orphans but overwhelmingly, religion is something that the Bible is against. Any attempt to ingratiate God to us, any attempt to say, here is what we can do to get God to love us, the Bible stands against. And any attempt to ingratiate people to God through unbiblical means, to say, if you really want to know God, if you really want to get to Him, here are some things that aren't necessarily in the Bible and yet might pave the way for you to get to God, the Bible stands against. It is a human-centered religion. And even people that say, well, you know, I'm spiritual but not religious. Before you think that you're off the hook, understand that the spirituality that you're speaking of may in fact be a religion of your own making. Know our religion, our faith, true religion, has Jesus Christ at the very center who calls sinners into fellowship with himself by the means of his cross and resurrection. And to echo again Spurgeon, to think that we are to draw people by something else, but the preaching of Christ crucified is to slander the Lord Jesus himself. Because these things hide true Christianity. Christianity. In fact, Christianity is the end of religion. It's the end of it all. But you can understand that the position that the Colossians and others in Asia Minor were in. Imagine the conversation that a Christian might have with someone there. Oh, you're a Christian. Well, you know, I've never seen your temple. Where is it? Well, we don't have a temple. In fact, we ourselves are the temple of the Holy Spirit. No temple will... Well then, where do you do? Where do you make your sacrifices? We don't offer up sacrifices. Jesus Christ Himself was offered up once and for all for all the sins of the world. For all the sins upon Him were laid. No temple, no sacrifices. Well then, what about priests? Well, we're all priests—a priesthood of all believers. And we have direct access to God. We need no mediator other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And so do you know what people in the ancient world used to say about Christians? No temple, no sacrifices, no priests. They used to call Christians atheists. And in a sense, they were right. Because Christianity was preaching the end of man-made religion. It flew in the face of the cultural norms when it came to religious belief. And Paul is saying the same thing to us today. What is the essence of true faith? Well, we see it here in Colossians chapter 3 when Paul says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is now in Christ. It's not in a system It's about a relationship. It's about having your life in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is yours and you are his. Religion doesn't consist of relationship with God. If anything, God is very far away, and there's an awful lot that we have to do to get to him. And although we may not be entering into pagan ritual practices or reverting to Old Testament practices... Certainly, most of us think that religion consists of right belief, right living, and engagement in right ritual. So how do you say I'm a Christian? Well, I believe all the right things. I live the best way I know how. And I go to church most Sundays, but of course, that's not true for any of you right now. But Paul says here in Colossians, no, it's not about those things. Of course, right living and right belief and ritual are part of the Christian faith, especially as it it stands with God's community gathered together. But to reduce Christianity to simply saying, well, I can read the Nicene Creed and check it off, there's a great difference between knowing about God and actually knowing God. You may know an awful lot about Christianity, but is your life in Jesus Christ. Do you know him? Are you in him? Is he your all in all? Certainly God calls us to holiness. But what is your life really like? I'm telling you right now in the midst of all this quarantine, it's a magnifying glass on all those parts of my life that I keep pretty well hidden during normal times. In my thought life right now, not to mention my dreams, if you could look into my dreams right now, you'd never listen to another sermon I preached. And so, when I really think about my life, especially my internal life, if Christianity is reduced to just right living, then I don't measure up. And I'm much more lost than I thought. And yes, it's really important that we gather together and we feel that acutely right now. And I am so grateful for just the opportunity to gather over the live stream. And I would be happy just to sing hymns with you and have the Bible open and talk about God's Word. And there are so many things that I miss about not being able to gather together. And yet here we are with our lives in Christ. And even though we're apart, because we share in the life of Christ, that we've died and been risen with Him, our life is together, even now. Faith in Jesus Christ is not just about right belief, right living, and ritual. It's about a relationship with Him, And this relationship that this gracious and loving God offers to you, think about what he went through in order to capture you, in order to gain you for heaven, in order to gain you for himself. He's the one who goes and sells all he has in order to buy the treasure in the field. He's the one that liquidates all of his assets to get to you his pearl of great price. He's the one who undergoes torture and death to get to you. And oh, what a change this makes when we respond to this gracious offer and say, Lord, I'm not interested in religion. I'm interested in you. I want you in my life. I want you in the center of my life and I want my life to be hidden in you. Paul says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not things that are here on earth. This is a hard thing to do. But when you enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're given a heavenly mindedness. You begin to realize that life looks so different. Things have changed. And now all of a sudden your life is oriented toward him and to a future goal. Yes, you live in the present and you are in this world, but you are no longer of this world. Your citizenship lies in a different kingdom. But some people just don't want to change. Even people who claim to be Christians... Earlier on, Paul says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of this world, and not according to Christ. It's hard for us not to cling to human tradition or to the elemental things of this world. You know, it's a little bit like the two caterpillars that were going along and speaking to one another, and a butterfly flew by, and one caterpillar said to the other, you'll never get me up in one of those. Well, you and I are caterpillars in this world, but do we know that there's a future resurrection that awaits for us where we will be gloriously changed, and the spirit that dwells within us is the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead? And if you're in Christ, it's not a matter of wanting to change or not wanting to change, but you are going to be changed. You are being changed, and you will be changed. And even now, we find that when we come into a relationship with Jesus, our outlook changes. And the focus of our lives change. No longer are we seeking to live for ourselves, but we live for him who emptied himself and came and dwelt amongst us and gave himself up as an offering for sin. And of course, that develops within us a sense of homesickness, that we realize that this world is not really our home. And we long for the day when Jesus comes and makes it right again. It changes what we look forward to. In verse 4, Paul says, when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Changed in the twinkling of an eye. What things of this world have a hold on you? You know, sometimes when I think about Jesus' second coming, I find myself inwardly saying, Lord, I really do want you to come back, but I have this great vacation planned, and so if you could come back after that, that would be really convenient. That's a good indication that that thing has a hold on me, and that thing is of this world. What things of religion have a hold on you? What spiritual man-made practice that may seem all well and good actually is hindering you and keeping you at an arm's length from God? Actually shielding you from encountering the living God? These are the things that Paul is talking about. And more than just believing what, who Jesus is and what he's done for us as a fact, has the resurrection changed you? Are you in a relationship with Christ or are you trusting in religion? Has your heart been changed? Is the fact that Jesus is alive and now reigns and sits at the right hand of the Father, has it made any difference in your life? Because at the end of the day, it's the only question that matters. Have you put your faith and trust in him? Do you know him? Has your life been changed by him? You can know the power of the resurrection and Jesus Christ even now this morning. And to put aside man-made religion and enter into the true religion of the living God. Let us pray. Oh God, we pray that more than just believing the resurrection to be true, we pray that it would undo us that it would shatter our, con- our constructs and even the way that we live our lives. For, Lord, you're able to do more than we could ever ask or imagine. And so, Lord, enter into our hearts. Be born again in us that we might be born again in you, that this Easter we might know the power of your resurrection and that we might live in it Until you come again. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light. and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
4: Let us pray for the whole state of Christ's church and the world. Grant, almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in thy mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. prayer. Guide the people of this land and all nations in the way of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We beseech thee also so to rule the hearts of those who bear authority of government in this and every land, especially Donald, our president, Kay, our governor, and the mayors of the Birmingham area. That they may be led to wise decisions and right actions for the welfare and peace of the world. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in thy mercy, hear Hear our prayer. prayer. We pray for the staff and students of Restoration Academy, as well as the city of Fairfield, that your justice might lift up the downcast and raise the crushed in spirit. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our our prayer. prayer. We pray for our Bishop Key and Bishop-elect Glenda, that they may, both by their life and doctrine, set forth thy true and lively word. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. prayer. We pray for Holy Cross and Trustful. Strengthen their minister, West Sharp, and be pleased to cause your gospel to flourish and disciples to be made. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Encourage and strengthen the persecuted church in Libya, that they may boldly proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We praise you for the birth of Chambers Joyce Ratliff, daughter of Thornton and Emory. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles, and bring them the joy of salvation, especially Carol and Johnny. Lord, in thy mercy. Hear our prayer. O most mighty and merciful God, in this time of grievous sickness, we flee unto thee for succor. Deliver us, we beseech thee from our peril. Give us strength and skill to all who minister to the sick. Prosper the means made use of for their cure. And grant that, perceiving how frail and uncertain our life is, we may apply our hearts unto that heavenly wisdom which leadeth to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. prayer. And we bless thy holy name for all thy servants departed in this life in thy faith and fear. And for those in whose memory the flowers are given. And grant to us grace so to follow the good examples of all thy saints that with them we may be partakers of thy heavenly kingdom Grant these our prayers. O father for Jesus Christ's sake our only mediator and advocate Amen
0: Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God Almighty God Father of our Lord Jesus Christ maker of all things judge of all men We acknowledge and bewail our manifold sins and wickedness, which we from time to time most grievously have committed by thought, word, and deed against Thy divine majesty, provoking most justly Thy wrath and indignation against us. We do earnestly repent and are heartily sorry for these, our misdoings. The remembrance of them is grievous unto us, and the burden of them is intolerable. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. For thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may ever hereafter serve and please thee in newness of life to the honor and glory of thy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of his great mercy hath promised forgiveness of sins to all those who with hearty repentance and true faith turn unto him, may he have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the word of God to all who truly turn unto him. Come to me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden and I will refresh you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is a true saying and worthy of all men to be received, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. And so the peace of the Lord be always with you, and with thy spirit.
3: Good morning and God's peace, and a very happy Easter to all of you able to join us via our streaming service this morning. You are most welcome in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are very grateful that you're able to join us via the technology of the internet. We are one church family temporarily gathering from many locations during this season of physical distancing, and we're grateful that you have decided to tune in today. For more information about our church, including online events, class recordings, and past sermon recordings, please visit our website, adventbirmingham.org. I also want to encourage you during this time, if you are uh, not, uh, if you're part of a small group, uh, I hope that you're taking advantage of Zoom technology and other means, uh, even the telephone, uh, to keep up with your small group, to continue to engage in God's Word during this time, and to spur one another on in the faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And also I hope that you've been blessed by our shepherding ministry, which is finally up and off the ground. Uh, We really are seeking uh, to care for the people that God has given us to love here at the Advent and very glad that we have at this point uh, almost uh, well over 125 shepherds ministering to different segments of our congregation. And if for some reason you've slipped through the cracks, please do uh, let us know. We want to be able to be in touch and to uh, have a, a ministry to you even during this time. Indeed, even though ministry has changed, it has not stopped, and your generosity makes this gospel ministry possible. Many giving options are available to you, and all the details may be found online at adventbirmingham.org slash give. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
0: Let us pray. Grant, we beseech thee, Almighty God, that the words which we have heard this day with our outward ears may, through thy grace alone, be so grafted inwardly in our hearts that they may bring forth in us the fruit of good living to the honor and praise of thy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, our King, by the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, on the first day of the week, you conquered sin. Put death to flight and gave us the hope of everlasting life. Redeem all our days by this victory. Forgive our sins. Banish our fears. And make us bold to praise you and to do your will. And steal us to wait for the consummation of your kingdom on the last great day. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen.